I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as the sound of a trumpet, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you things which must take place in the future. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, with one seated on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like jasper and a sardine stone. And there was round about the throne a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. And round about the throne were four living creatures full of eyes, one like a lion, the second like an ox, the third with the face of a man, the fourth like an eagle in flight. And day and night they never ceased to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which is, which was, which is to come. And around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and upon the seats I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And the twenty-four elders fell down before him that sat on the throne. And will worship him that lives forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the back side, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to break the seals thereon? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book neither to look thereon. And I, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has prevailed to open the book and to loosen the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book to open the seals thereof, for you were slain, 
And by your blood you have redeemed us to God out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and have made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Worthy is the Lamb. Yeah. 
Maybe I should start at the beginning. Maybe I should send him one of the copies of the earlier stories so it makes more sense. Here. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled the word of life which we declare unto you that you also may have fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The true light that gives light to everyone was come into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him... To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. That's it. I should send them that. But I should add some stories of the grace. Ah. There was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed. And a certain man was there, which had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said unto him, Do you want to be made whole? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred, and while I am coming into the pool, another steps before me. Jesus said to him, Arise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. (laughs) Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman from Capernaum whose son was sick. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and asked him that to come down and to heal his son, for his son was at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. 
the nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said unto him, Go your way, your son will live. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. And he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives! So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that was the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Your son will live. And he himself believed and his whole house. This was now the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. His sisters therefore sent unto him, Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness is not unto death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. After that, he said unto them, his disciples, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleeps, he will do well. Howbeit, Jesus was speaking of his death, but they thought he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. So, Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Then when Jesus came to Bethany, he found that he had lain in the grave, that is Lazarus, four days already. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. Jesus said unto her, Your brother shall rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said, Yea, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, came to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time there will be a great stench, 
for he has been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Did I not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that you have heard me, and I knew that you hear me always. But because of the people which stand by, I have said it, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and feet with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a cloth. Jesus said unto them, Loose him, let him go. Then many of the Jews, which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him.
Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priest and the Pharisees as a council and said, What are we to do? For this man does many miracles. If we let him go on like this, the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. So, from that day forth, they took counsel together to put him to death. I'm going to skip several days. He, Jesus, went forth with his disciples over the brook of Kidron, where was a garden into the which he entered and his disciples. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. Judas then, Judas, Judas then, having received a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas unto the governor's headquarters. And it was early. And they themselves went not into the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him unto you. Pilate said unto them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own laws. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. And they said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him with their hands. It was the preparation of the Passover, about the sixth hour. And he, Pilate, said unto the Jews, Behold, your king! But they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then Pilate therefore delivered Jesus unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him, and two others with him, one on either side, and Jesus in the midst.
When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, to see whose it shall be. This was done to fulfill the scriptures which said, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. These things the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus, therefore, saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour forth, that disciple took her unto his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar. They filled a sponge with the vinegar and put it upon the hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. I remember Jesus said, Therefore the Father loves me because I lay down my life. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends.
it that Jesus said? I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. And that's what happened. After this, Joseph of Arimathea being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus came along. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden a new tomb in the which no man had yet been laid. Therefore, they laid Jesus there because of the Jews' preparation day, for the tomb was nearby. <laughs> now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, when it was yet dark, and saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said unto them, they, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and came towards the tomb. Both ran together, but the other disciple outran Peter, and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down, looked in, and saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, 
and went into the tomb and saw the linen clothes lying there, but the face cloth that was about Jesus' head not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then went in also the other disciple, which had come first to the tomb, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own home. On the evening of that same day, being the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the Jews were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood among them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had said so, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the mark of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be unto you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, behold my hands, and put forth your hand and place it into my side, and do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered, and he said, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed.
There's just so much that could be written. And there were also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if every one should be written, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that has been from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that has the Son has life. And he that hath not the Son of God has not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Oh. 
when we come to this Easter season, sometimes we forget what the real purpose of Easter is all about. It's not to give us some extra days off of work, but that's nice. It's not to give extra days off of school, but that's nice. It's not to do the egg hunts and the chocolate and those different things. It's to remember what Jesus did for us. Jesus, the Son of God, came from heaven, willingly, humbled himself, came and lived a sinless life, and laid down his life by letting those people put him on the cross. And there he suffered the payment for my sin and your sin. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. Jesus experienced that full, that full amount of that penalty. Death physically, but more importantly, he experienced your hell, my hell that we deserved for our sins. The wages of sin, one, is death, separation from the Father. Jesus was separated from the Father for a period of time on that cross when he called out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But then afterwards, he's made payment and he calls again to the Father and he says, Into thy hands I commend my spirit. And the Father on that Easter Sunday, showed that he accepted his payment by giving him the ability, the power that he had, even within himself, complemented with God, to come out of that grave to show that God had accepted the payment so that you and I can have complete forgiveness. So when we come this Easter season, it's celebrating that Jesus died for us. He gave his life for us. He loved us so much that he willingly took our hell punishment himself. That's love. That's love. That's what Christ did for you. Now, in the monologue, I wanted you to catch towards the end. These things have God written, that you may know that you have eternal life. Maybe you're like me. As a youngster, I went to church, but the church I went to told us we could never know for sure we're on our way to heaven. Maybe. Hope so. You know, have to see. But the God's Word says, These things have I written that you can know. My friend, you can know today that Jesus has forgiven all of your sins, past, present, and future, and that you have a home waiting for you, reserved for you, paid by Jesus Christ, if you personally call upon Him to be your Savior. That if you shall believe in your heart that God had raised Him from the dead, you call upon him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What you need to do is repent of your sin, ask him to give you the gift of forgiveness that he has purchased, and apply it to your account personally, to become your savior. Have you ever done that? Well, then this Easter, if you haven't, this is the day to do that. Why not call upon Jesus right now? Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed as we conclude our service in a solemn prayer time. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. If you're not in the habit of being here, please respect how we're going to do this and just comply here with heads bowed, eyes closed. If you have never yet called upon Jesus, why don't you do that right now? Why don't you right there in that pew, it's you and God. I know there's others nearby, but it's more importantly you and God right there in that pew. Why don't you call upon him? You're watching at home. You're sitting there watching TV. Why don't you 
pray and ask Jesus right now to forgive you of all your sins, to give you the free gift of eternal life that he has purchased, that he has paid for, that he alone can give you. For no man comes unto the Father but by me, he said. Ask him to become your personal Savior right now. I don't know what words you're going to use, but from your heart, confess you are a sinner. Confess right now that you believe Jesus died, buried, and resurrected for you. Ask him personally to forgive you of your sins and to give you the gift of eternal life. He said, These things have I written unto you that believe on this name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. If you prayed that prayer of some sort just now from your heart, with all sincerity, repenting of your sin, then Jesus Christ says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then he gave you the gift of eternal life, the life that never goes away. For that, we should thank him. And your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. I can't see at home, but I can see here in the auditorium. Whenever somebody gave my kids or even our grandkids some gift, we often say, you need to say thank you. Well, I would like to pray a closing prayer of thanks for that man, that woman, that child, who right here, right now, has prayed and asked Jesus to be their Savior. The way you can indicate that to me is just put your hand up and take it right back down. I won't call out your name. I won't mention your name. I may not even know your name. But if you're here in this group right now and you have just prayed and asked Christ to be your Savior and give you the gift of eternal life, I want to say to God in a closing prayer together, thank you, God, for that man, that woman, that child, for the gift you just gave them. If you would like me to include you in that prayer, just put your hand up and take it right back down. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, yes, several hands. Anybody else? Any others? Yes, I see those hands. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes. Anybody else? Any others? Yes. Father, thank you for hearing these peoples who prayed this morning and asked you to be their Savior. I pray that you would help them to learn more about Jesus and to have that confidence in the days ahead that they are one of his. Father, if there's any help we can give, make that possible for us to help them to grow in grace. For the many of us who have already at some time in the past prayed and asked you to be our Savior, thank you for hearing us. Thank you for allowing us to have that opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the great news that Jesus saves. Thank you. And help us to celebrate that, that tremendous news throughout the rest of this weekend. We pray in his name. Amen.